Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. As always, we ask you to please download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content, not just The Frontline with Joe and Joe. And if you like what Joe and I do, we have our social media page primarily at The Frontline TV, The Frontline TV on YouTube. Feel free to like, subscribe, share, and do all that fun stuff. And today, uh, we are very pleased and honored to be joined by Samantha Kelly. And we're going to be discussing fierce, and that has a meaning, fierce athlete promoting true femininity in sport. Joe Resinello, if you ask me, that topic, we're going into the breach, brother. All right, that is a very hot topic right now. And Joe and I, uh, and Samantha, all of you out there at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network are going to find out she's not shying away from this fight either. Um, and it is a fight. And that's what we're going to get into. Now, some of you may have heard of Samantha having said that. If not, Samantha Kelly is the founder and current president of Fierce Athlete, Inc. She played Division One soccer at UConn and is currently involved in competitive rowing. She spent the last 12 years working for Catholic nonprofits and outreaching to female athletes. Uh, she graduated with a master's in Catholic psychology, holds certification in strength and conditioning, and has extensively studied the theology of the body. It was actually through the te teachings of theology of the body and the Catholic Church that she discovered what it means to be both feminine and athletic. These teachings have the power to heal, and through fierce athlete, she desires to share those truths with female athletes and women across the world. Samantha Kelly, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, well, it's great to have you, and thank you again. With that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Resinello. Samantha, we always begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as everybody knows, Joe and I are Italian. And Samantha, I got to be honest, I know you guys can't see us because uh, this is radio, but you look very Italian, Samantha. So <laughs> something tells me you have some Italian blood going through your veins. Am I right on that? Unfortunately, not. Sorry. Oh, oh my gosh, you look very like Southern Italian. I mean, yeah. I, not uh, everybody's Italian, Joe. Not everybody's I, Italian. I wish my three <laughs> best friends are all Italian, so I surround okay. myself. We with love Italians. you. We love the Irish, and I was waiting for you to say, "Well, you know, uh, my father is Irish, my mother's Italian. It would be a Gaelic garlic combination, but it's all good. We love the Irish. You look Italian. You're Italian today." That sounds great. Now I'm Polish, so <laughs> we love. I I go to a, listen. To, I go. I'm married to a Haitian American woman. I'm Italian. I go to a Polish American church. So get that one. I, I love the Poles. You guys are good Catholic. Let's start with fierce. Okay. Um, share with our listeners a little bit of your journey and your background. Okay. Um, in in collegiate athletics and what compelled you uh, to launch the fierce athlete. Yeah, well, like you said, Joe, I played D1 soccer at, at UConn. Uh, I'm a Connecticut native, and so that was a huge dream of mine to play D1 soccer, but a huge privilege as a local kid to go play at a top 25 program. Um, but going into my freshman year of college, I blew out my knee 
So soccer players are pretty notorious for ACL tears. Um, I managed to tear my ACL, LCL, and meniscus. It was three surgeries, 13 months. They told me I'd never play at that level again. Um, but I'm pretty stubborn. And so, you know, worked for about three years to come back. But during that time, I had a huge identity crisis. Because if you had asked me who I was, I would have said, I'm an athlete. And suddenly I'm sitting on the bench and frustrated. And, you know, my whole environment's changed. And it was during that time that I just really began to fall into the athlete culture. It's a very play hard, party hard, a lot of pressure culture. And so you see athletes take that out in some pretty unhealthy ways. Um, but my junior year of college, I went to mass on a whim during preseason to escape preseason. And, um, it was there that I met a missionary and she invited me to join her Bible study and ended up walking with me through my faith. Um, and really helping me rediscover the true meaning of what it meant to be a daughter of God. Um, that winter I had a radical encounter with our Lord in adoration and my life did a 180. I was all in. I wanted to continue to strive after truth. Um, but then I looked around me and I saw all my teammates and all the other athletes at UConn really struggling, um, struggling with a whole bunch of different issues that I'm sure we'll get into. Um, and my heart was, was moved for them. So I really began to mentor them, to minister to them, to lead Bible studies. And that kind of compelled, compelled me on a trajectory where I became a focused varsity Catholic missionary for five years. Um, but then recognized while there's a lot of great Catholic and Christian organizations out there, none were female specific. They'll admit they're a little bit male dominant, um, nor were they willing or able to get into some of the nitty gritty things that, that women are really struggling with and some of the, the hot button issues of the day. And, and those are the things that I needed to, I needed to discuss when I was an, when I was an athlete, because they were the things that I was wrestling with and struggling with. And um, so I started fierce. The Lord asked me to start this about five years ago. And uh, here we are. All right. I, I mean, you're, you're, you're brave. I, I, and we're going to get into that. We're not just saying that because, you know, it's one thing for a couple of guys like us to sit behind them, sit behind the microphone right, and try to shed light on this. And that's what we're called to do. Um, but you're you're really in the breach. We don't joke around. We say we're going into the breach and we're going to we're going to talk about that. Um, Joe Racinello. I want to just talk about your adoration experience before we get into fierce a little bit more, you know, deeper. Um, because I, I think that's a common thread that really, I, I, I was a practicing Catholic, but that deepened my faith. And I just recently said, uh, to someone at work who inquired about becoming Catholic to me. And my advice to her was go to, she's, she was a self-proclaimed almost atheist. She came from a communist country, um, to America. And I said, well, go to adoration. And just say to the Lord, I don't believe in you, but I want to. I really think that's the secret. I, I like like to to really opening up hearts. Like talk about that because I I, I find it. Um, I go uh, in the mornings on the weekend before my kids get up. My wife and I kind of all you know alternate before the kids get up. Um, it's important. Please expand on your experience, but also the need for that. Cause I think to be honest with you, that changes the world. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what changed my life is an encounter with Christ in the Eucharist. And it's interesting because I had started getting involved with some Christian athlete groups on campus um, because that's what was available. And that's what, you know, some of my friends were doing and they, they were the ones that introduced to me this concept of having a personal, personal relationship with Christ. 
I grew up Catholic and I knew Christ in, in some respects, but not, I wouldn't say not on a deeply personal level. And so, you know, they're reading the Bible. So I start reading the Bible and, but I, I, I felt like I couldn't find him in a weird sense. And so, you know, and I was getting questioned on my Catholic faith. And so then when I got involved with this Catholic organization and um, was convinced basically against my will to go to this big national conference, um, you know, I really had a heart that was seeking Christ, but I didn't find him until that experience in adoration. I'd gone to a much needed confession beforehand, which I think cleansed my heart and opened me up to that encounter. But it was, I just, with every fiber of my being, without a doubt, I knew that Christ was fully present in the Eucharist and that I was just loved for who I was. And, and that's, that's why I'm Catholic. It's, it is the Eucharist. Um, and I love it because it's so physical. Like as an athlete, I'm so physical, right? And, and as human beings, we're, we're body and soul. So we're sacramental in a certain sense. And the Eucharist, right, is this physical that I can consume and unite with Christ, but the but the reality in it and behind it is the full presence of Christ. And so, I mean, it's it's my lifeblood. It's a game changer. It's 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 a very um, it, adoration comes up an awful lot at the front line with Joe and Joe. Um, you know, again, we're fighting the culture war. We're going to get into that with you, Samantha Kelly, joining here at the front line with Joe and Joe, and we're going to be talking about promoting feminine. We're fighting the culture war. Um, I, I think as Catholics, we know this is more of a spiritual battle in, in the context of this culture war. Um, and adoration comes out a lot. The need to sit in front of Christ and say, Christ, I need your help. I, I need your help. And he does. Let's let's get into fierce a little bit. It's actually an acronym. OK, uh, so could you share with our listeners at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network? What is fierce? What are the pillars of fierce? What does it stand for? Sure. There's some pretty big words. So I don't project them too much, but um, the Lord gave me the, the acronym. And then thereafter, I kind of realized that this was our formation pattern. So um, the F stands for femininity. So we talk about what does it mean to be a, a feminine Catholic female athlete, you know? Um, and is that possible? I is identity. So first and foremost, we start with who we are as daughters of God. So before being a great athlete or our coach's favorite person or whatever, our PR time, like we are first and foremost, a daughter of God. Um, e is embodiment. So as I said before, as human beings, we are a body soul composite. So we talk about the beauty of the female body and what it's meant to proclaim. R is receptivity. So through my body, you can see that the height of my femininity is my receptivity. And we talk about how that naturally is in sport and we can exercise our femininity in sport. C is Catholicism. We reach athletes of all faiths and backgrounds, but everything that we preach is rooted in the fullness of the truth of the Catholic Church. And then E is encounter. So when we work with women, we not only help them, but then we equip them to turn around and share their faith and these truths with their teammates. Awesome. I, I mean, it's every everything you just said is amazing. I'm going to hand it over to Joe because he probably wants to unpack some of that. Well, let's talk basically, I mean, clearly you, you're working with uh, female athletes. What are some of the challenges that they're facing and how does Fierce basically meet those challenges? Like first the challenges, then how we're going to meet them. Yeah. I mean, every, every challenge we, we, we see, and this is kind of a bold statement, but I, I believe it's true is, is these women not knowing who they are, right? It's a crisis of identity. 
Um, there's so much, I mean, there's even more pressure on athletes today than there was when I was playing. I mean, with all the media attention and sponsorships and, and everything, you know, you see a lot of pressure on these women. And as a result, um, you know, they don't know how to handle that, or they're, they're taking that energy out, that pressure out in other ways. So we see a lot of body image issues, um, a lot of disordered eating, um, I believe it's about 64% of college athletes have some level of disordered eating. Um, the diagnosable um, conditions is lower than that, but but still, that's pretty significant. Um, you also just see this play hard, party hard mentality. So college athletes are drinking more than the normal student population, and that leads to a higher level of promiscuity um, and this just hookup culture. Now, within female athletes, athletics specifically, there is a very high percentage of women that are struggling with same-sex attraction or are entering into same-sex relationships. It's a whole reason behind that. Um, and yeah, and you know, beyond that, you're looking at mental health um, struggles, anxiety, depression. Um, so yeah, it's 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 pretty dark. Um, but again, if we can help women realize who they are and that they're loved as they are, not for their performance, but just as a unique daughter of God, um, that's, I think that's the key and that's where we have to start. And then we help talk with women through, or we help get them the help, the professional help that they need in order to address some of these other issues. Samantha Kelly joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. And we're, we're discussing uh, promoting true femininity in sport. Samantha's uh, the founder and current president of Fierce Athlete Inc. Um, I can't help but think in my mind, and we know you now for about 10 minutes, okay, that you are a strong Catholic woman. Strong Catholic <clears throat> woman, Okay. In my mind, like I said, Joe and I are, are, are really, really you know, trying to shed light on a lot of these things. I see you on one hand, and I see the Megan Rapinoe's on the other hand. I'm not bad-mouthing anybody before anybody gets all mad out there at, in, in Radio Land, okay? I'm not going to beat her up, okay? But it seems like those are kind of like the two choices, okay? Is this radical femininity, which, again, we're talking about promoting true femininity is what with what you're trying to do how much of how much of that it makes it difficult for you to reach a lot of these female athletes who might be looking to her as let's say the role model and all the stuff that she does and represents okay and and juxtapose that with what you're doing how much of a challenge is that it definitely poses a challenge i mean she along with you know her girlfriend sue bird who is a UConn alum, uh, they, yeah, I mean, they are the face of female athletics and that's sad and that's scary because when young women are looking for somebody to look up to, that's who they are seeing. And in lesser degrees, even, even the women's national soccer team, I mean, they're very new age. Um, they're very, you know, they, they back Megan Rapinoe, you know, we've seen recent headlines of, um, well, a couple of years ago, a girl basically got kicked off the national team for not agreeing, not agreeing to wear the pride jersey. And more recently, she sat out a game intentionally on a, on a pro team. Um, you know, these are the messages that that women are seeing. They're seeing radical feminists. They're seeing, you know, pro same sex relationships um, and just this almost vulgarity and unprofessionalism. Like after they won the World Cup, you know, they're in the parade and these women are drunk. And it's like that 
that is not a good model for women. And so, yeah, in, in many regards, that's what we're fighting. But because that is so stark, I think there are a lot of women and maybe not openly, right? Like there's a lot of Christian athletes out there who maybe aren't openly not wearing the pride Jersey or, um, you know, they're going along with the flow, but, but internally they are looking for other truths, you know? And yeah, I have to kind of stand on the, on the far other end of that. Um, but the good news is women are looking towards us because they kind of see the hypocrisy of, of all of that. One follow-up and then I'm going to hand it back to Joe Racinello. How much, how much of, do you, do you blame the media for not, let's say for focusing on the, the uh, Rapino Rapino, whatever her name is, Megan Rapino, um, focusing on her and her cause. Okay. And what you're doing. And because I have to believe Joe and I are not pessimists. Okay. I do not believe that. Let's say just take, I know nothing about female sports or very little. Okay. But I have a hard time believing that all those women in female sports agree with Megan Rapinoe and her radical agenda. I have a hard time with that. Problem is the administrators of the universities. Okay. Those who run the sports programs and the media, they're putting up a wall. They're putting up a wall. So even those women that would agree with you, Samantha Kelly joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe, okay, are going to have a hard time doing so openly. Because I think as a group, if you did so openly, you guys, because you have Christ on your side, okay, are going to pose a very formidable challenge to what they're peddling. Quick comment on Samantha. You're absolutely right. I mean, all that following, whereas I think there are a lot the majority who, if not are completely against her, don't fully agree with her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in our work, I mean, we're talking only we talk openly, but we also, um, we talk with a lot of women silently about these issues. Or if we're working with different schools and administrations, they can hesitate because they don't want to be chastised for standing up in even these Catholic institutions for standing up for truth because of this inclusive tolerance that we're told that we need to have. Right, right. Go ahead, Joe. No, I was going to say, I, I think it's 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 the whole view of sex. You mentioned the hookup culture from a heterosexual perspective. And then we also mentioned from from a homosexual perspective is twisted. I mean, like the hookup culture is completely accepted on college campuses. I mean, uh, Boston College recently, a professor did a whole documentary on how people don't know how to date anymore. It just doesn't happen. Um, that's from a heterosexual perspective and that doesn't lead to healthy marriage. That's just a fact. It like for those out there who know I'm married, that does not lead to healthy marriage. Um, it doesn't. And then you have from, you know, the homosexual perspective, this has just become mainstreamed. I mean, you know, it's a mainstreamed idea. I mean, Joe and I, you know, speak on the culture a lot. It's mainstreamed in conservative circles, not just, you know, it's not just those on the quote unquote left, progressive left. It's mainstream. And that doesn't lead to a successful and productive life, no matter what society says. Um, To be honest with you, we could use one example People who live homosexual lifestyles have a 20-year less life expectancy than people who live heterosexual lifestyles. That's not dogma. That's fact. Um, How do you possibly get through that wall? Because to your point, I'll be honest with you, schools are not hearing it. People aren't hearing it. I mean, I we say it all the time, but frankly, people think we're 
crazy when you, you you basically speak about monogamous relationships, marriage forever. It's just not viewed that way, Samantha, anymore. How do you go about breaking that wall down? That's a huge wall. Yeah, it is a huge wall. And that's why I'm so passionate about um, bringing the teaching of theology of the body, which is a whole teaching on, on the beauty of human sexuality into what we do um, in, in explicit and implicit ways, you know, discrete ways, talking about the beauty of who we are and, and our sacredness and how we're supposed to protect that. Um, you know, I'd answer it twofold. One, um, I completely agree with you. I have a friend who is a division one coach at a, at a huge school and it's, it's in the South. So it's seemingly conservative. Um, but she has said about her athletes, she has said, I, my athletes either are hooking up with men or they have girlfriends. She goes, they almost don't even know that there's a third way. And, and praise God, like she is there as a devout Catholic influence in their lives when she can one-on-one -on -one bring faith into the conversation and, and teach them that, no, there's a third way of, of chastity and there's a beauty to that. So one, I think it's, it's helping make these young people aware that you don't have to follow what the culture's doing and what the culture's saying and what social media is saying and the pressures of what your peers are saying. Um, and then in the other regard, you know, we work with college athletes, but we also are working with high school and, and middle school athletes as well. And so the hope there is to try to reach them, though things are getting crazier and crazier, younger and younger, but try to reach them with these truths earlier so that when they get in the situations later on in college athletics or, or wherever it takes them, they know, right, that there is a third way. They know the beauty of, of their human sexuality and have that strength to then hopefully stand up for truth um, or find a network through fierce or, or elsewhere where they can um, be supported in those decisions. You know, I want to talk about chastity because that's that's a dirty word, but that's a beautiful thing. I mean, to be honest with you, um, it prepares you for marriage. It's real. And through God's grace, God can make you chase. He can, he can make you chase. I mean, I've said this publicly on the show. I was chased from, say, 27 to 43 until I got married and I have five children now, you know, um, so it's possible in, if you live in the state of grace, people think that that can't be done. No, it can be. When I decided to be Catholic, I said, well, like you, I'm all in. Well, God says, this is how you have to behave as a single person. Okay. Well, that's what I got to do. You know what I'm saying? But God gives you the tools for that. Joe Rossinello, let me, let me, chime in here because i want samantha's comments you got you both mentioned beauty um in regards to the teachings of the church particularly on chastity okay uh theology of the body do you in your conversation samantha with some of these women who either a are in the hookup culture okay um or b are in the same sex culture all right it's all hooking up it's all about sex do you also uh, or have you in your conversation emphasize the ugliness of that uh, Joe spoke about his life. Okay. Mine again, open book for 20 years of my life from my late teens to my late thirties before I met my wife, who's Joe's sister. Okay. Um, I was not what you would call even remotely practicing Catholic. And I mean that in terms of hookup culture, sexual liberation, all that stuff. Okay. But I had to realize the ugliness of it. I don't think the people out there, especially young girls and young women who you're speaking to might not be getting the message. No, 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 no. Chastity. 
okay? And striving to be chaste is what's beautiful, okay? Theology of the body is what's beautiful. What you're living is actually the opposite of that, which is ugly. Do you, can you or have you taken that tact to show the destructive elements of that lifestyle? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it doesn't even take pointing fingers and saying that's ugly. Um, when you ask these women, I, I just was leading a retreat this past weekend. And I, and I said to them, because we're so emotional, especially as women, nothing is ever casual because our hearts are so tied to our bodies and to what we're doing with them. And so while the culture is screaming at you that you can have a casual hookup or you can experiment with girls and it's not gonna affect you, when I have these conversations with these women, ask them if it has, they'll answer yes. Like if they're honest with themselves, they'll answer that they, they're miserable in that state of life and living that way. So I think when you can get down to, well, are you fulfilled and are you happy? And when they say no, then that provides you with the opportunity to present the alternative. Like, hey, this is what will lead to true fulfillment, happiness, and goodness um, within your life, but also within the realm of, of your sexuality. Awesome. Thank you for that, Samantha. Joe Rasinello. I, I, we, we talk to a lot of people, and uh, we talk to uh, a, a gentleman with Sophia Press that does a lot of uh, work with young people with regard to catechetics. And, and he presented something that struck me. We have to tell people not the no's, but the yeses. And what do I mean by the yeses? Sex within the marriage covenant that's open to life is the best sex. You see, it's the most fulfilling. You see, people, what I think happens, they just, it took a long time. I mean, I was a party guy, like a frat guy. I know what the college experience is. Believe me. Uh, I know it more than most. Um, Sorry, Joe, I didn't have to chuckle. <laughs> no, but I do. I mean, like, I, I'm fully versed. Like, people would look at my life now. They'd be like, you know, who is this guy? Believe me, I know. Um, but that is, it, that's not fulfilling. Like you said, it isn't. You know when when you're eating, to be honest with you, trash. You're eating out of the garbage dump. Um, and you know when you're not. What I find, and I'm interested in both your comments, people, it took a long time. I didn't think I was going to get married. I always felt called to it, but I, it just took a long time, but I persevered. Most people aren't willing to. Samantha, they're not. Like, this is the sad thing, because I talk to people some who are in similar situations. They just aren't willing to sacrifice. Like, and I think that's what, what God uses that time. He used that time to me to form me. And now I'm ready to be married. I'm the father of five kids under eight. I mean, like, and I'm open to life. And if we have another child and my wife had five C-sections. So, I mean, like, this is a time of like being formed and we're not willing to do it. Talk about that. My view, maybe I'm wrong. I, I I mean, I agree with the view. I mean, I'm 33 and single and I was leading a retreat with these high school and college kids this weekend. And I just said to them, I said, you know, obviously the culture is telling you hook up with everybody, but then there's also this desire within everybody, every girl's heart to get married, you know? And I said to them, I said, I would rather stay single. I have a great life of such a fulfilling spiritual mother in so many ways. 
than to marry somebody who isn't going to uphold me or believe in what I believe or, you, you know, because I've seen so many of my friends regret marrying who they marry or in unhealthy marriages or, you know, so in the same way, it's like, I'm willing to hope and wait and God has made his promise. Um, but to these girls, I basically said them to them, it's, it's worth waiting. Samantha Kelly, hold that door. Cause I want to pick up on this on the other side of the break. All right. This is a great conversation. You're with the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello way in the breach, Samantha Kelly. She is the founder and current president of fierce athlete promoting true femininity in sport. You're listening to us on the Veritas Catholic radio network. Don't go anywhere. Stick around for the rest of this conversation. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello. We are way in the breach with Samantha Kelly. We are discussing fierce athlete promoting true femininity and sport. And like I said, we are way in the breach. I have a naughty, naughty word. I heard the both of you mention uh, over the last couple of uh, over the last couple of minutes. Okay, um, sacrifice. You're an athlete, Samantha. And there's one thing I've always said about athletes, because I am not one, okay? I was pretty good at football, but you couldn't call me an athlete, all right? Um, is the, the necessity of sacrifice in order to be successful, okay? So you guys were talking about the hookup culture and everything else and getting married and nobody, I don't want to say nobody, that's too general. Many people, particularly amongst the young, they don't have that, that notion, necessary notion of what it means to sacrifice for the greater good. You did. That's why that's why you played Division One at UConn because you had to have sacrificed to have achieved that. So if we want good things in life, we need to know that we're going to have to give up something now, okay? And throughout our life, talk about Samantha the need for education so that you could achieve greater things, please. Yeah, I mean, sacrifice was something that was instilled in me from a young age. I grew up in a very uh, wealthy town, and my parents, you know, were kind of middle class, but worked really hard, and they instilled that in us, um, but also this, this need to be charitable. Like, they sacrifice. I saw them sacrifice so much for me so that I could play sports and things, um, but also they were so generous with... Um, their time, with their tithing, with how they loved other people. And they always taught me that, yeah, you have to work hard if you want to achieve something. And I think that that's a lesson lost on a lot of youth today. Um, the culture is is one that, I mean, even in sport, you've seen everybody gets a trophy, right? Um, and and I, I hate that. Like, I hate that because that that is the antithesis of you needing to sacrifice and that sometimes you're going to lose. And that those failures are what are going to drive you even harder. Um, but yeah, it is it is the reason that I was able to play where I was where I played and that I was able to wait for three years to come back to, you know, end up having, you know, being a captain and a starter on a team like I was willing to sacrifice all that time and rehab and focus so that I could, I could reach that goal. And that's a goal that I, that I had dreamt of and I wanted. Um, but what's interesting is, is, you know, John Paul II says that um, sport is the gymnasium for human virtue. And I think sport, even though it's, uh, it's so distorted in, in so many ways, it's one of like um, things left that can teach virtue. It's like, you can't be on your phone. Um, unless you're willing to to run around and sweat, I mean, you have kids who are naturally, you know, talented, but unless you're really willing to work hard, you're not going to get very far. 
And those lessons are what have allowed me to live, you know, to be countercultural, but I think are instilling these virtues in a lot of young people so that they're willing to, yeah, fight the tide and sacrifice for that greater good of what we were just talking about in terms of um, moral life. Well, Samantha, let me ask you a question. Now, this is, you know, some people think I'm a conspiracy theorist or whatever the case would be. And it's just not, we just look at the facts. We look at what, yes, the enemy of, the enemies of our souls are doing, okay? But what you just mentioned about virtue in sports, I, I personally think that's why they're targeting sports. Because sports do teach virtue. And those who, yes, seek to, I don't care how this sounds to anybody out there, those who seek to control the world, okay? Uh, you know, the Dr. Evils of the world, if you want to, you know, bring it to Austin Powers, or the, the Blofelds from Bond, okay? These, there are people, elitists, we call them elitists, oligarchs, whatever you want. I do believe, and Joe believes, that they target sports because sports teach virtue, both for boys and girls. And if you want to wreck a society and control a society, you know what you need to destroy? virtue now am i off if am, am, am i crazy samantha kelly uh no and we haven't gotten into this yet but look at everything that's been happening with biological men being allowed to play women's sports i mean not only are you attacking sports in general but you're attacking women which is like the double whammy here right so i mean yeah it's i i agree with you right this is a good and and that's why people are trying to destroy it yeah yeah. Um, and Samantha Kelly's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. And we are discussing promoting true femininity in sport. Fierce Athlete is her organization. Before we go further, Samantha, just real quick, where could our audience, and we'll mention it again at the end, where can our audience find out more about what you guys are doing, maybe contribute, whatever the case might be? Yeah. So our website has everything. It's fierceathlete.org. Uh, we also have a podcast, the Fierce Athlete Podcast, and then our handle on all the social media platforms is Fierce Athlete. Awesome. Thank you for that. Joe Rossinello. Well, Samantha, <clears throat> you meant, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned um, transgender men playing in female sports. This is a reality now. Um, let's take it to Connecticut. Title IX just celebrated recently its 50-year anniversary. Let's talk about why it was established, and then let's talk about what happened in May of 2020. Um, I believe it was a track incident where some men who were saying they were women could participate in female sports. Basically, that was viewed as a violation of uh, Title IX, and they were sued by the American Civil Liberties Union, by Legal Voice, um, saying that that was a violation against their constitutional rights. I would disagree with that. Um, let's let's talk about that. First, what's Title IX? And let's talk about the incident that took place in Connecticut, because that's where we're broadcasted out of. Sure. A follow-up to the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And um, <clears throat> the Civil Rights Act didn't, didn't touch education. So... Um, in 1972, Title IX was developed in order to prevent gender discrimination in, um, in educational context. So this is scholarships, this is as mittens, but this is also athletic departments. So equal opportunities and scholarships in athletic departments. Um, so it was a good, I mean, I had a, I have a friend who played pro tennis in the 1960s. It wasn't even pro then because she wasn't getting paid, but she was playing against Billie Jean King. And, um, you know, she's talked about the limited resources, 
but also the fact that culturally she almost had to apologize for being athletic, you know, and for loving sports. And, and that's just not the case now. Um, I never had to apologize for loving sports. So it wasn't good. Um, we definitely have seen how over the years it was twisted. We look at Billie Jean King. She reminds me of a Megan Rapinoe, you know, in that she was trying to, to prove that women are better than men uh, and could beat men rather than the, the natural um, equality and, and difference of, of men and women. But yeah, as of late, um, you know, the Biden administration has, has been trying to change, I guess the original was um, sex discrimination in 1972, but the Biden administration has been trying to change that word sex to gender, um, which has kind of opened the doors that we're still kind of in the process of figuring out sillily what way is up in this. Um, so we had these that are, I think hold now 10 state records in 10 different events between the two of them. So it's just like, yeah, it's infuriating. Um, it's hard. And, and I think, it, you know, it is a complete violation of women's rights. No matter what we do, uh, never beat them. Just Let biologically. Me, right. At the, uh, um, because one of, one of the letters in fierce is I identity okay and that's and that's the word that's getting thrown out because people pretend like identity is something that's just fluid or some it's some amorphous word it doesn't have any objective meaning in reality okay now from your view okay you're coming from the catholic worldview and i want you to talk about identity from a catholic worldview but also talk about the people who would not agree with you on, on, on certainly your Catholicism, uh, I'm thinking of Martina Navratilova, who is a lesbian, okay? But yeah, she's not in favor of this either, okay? See, she identifies as a woman, objective reality. You know, she uses the word woman, which in Congress you can't, but you know, some of us can still use it. Talk about identity, Samantha Kelly, because I think that's that's central to all this. The, the perversion of what identity means and what and what are true identity is not not just women but all of us yeah I, I mean i think i said this at the beginning of the show but but what it means to be a human being is that you are a body soul union and what our culture thinks is that you can divide those right so i was born a man but i feel like a woman internally or vice versa you you can't right i am a woman i was biologically a woman so i am feminine in my whole being and that's different than a man who is born a man. He is masculine in his whole being. Now we see people reject that, but they can't like they can't change it. Um, so it's more of a rejection than a change, even though they think that they can change and pick and be whoever they want to be, whether that's they, them, or a cat. I mean, there's groups in colleges where they're cats, right? Like, right. where is the end to this? Um, but again, natural law, like biology, you know, says there are men and there are women. And no matter what you do, what hormones you take, what sex change, whatever, like you, you, you can't change. You actually can't change your sex. Right. Right. Um, interestingly, this issue is kind of as divisive as it is. It is uniting to your point. You know, you have people on both ends of the of the spectrum, politically, religiously mm -hmm. opposed to this. Because it is ludicrous. I mean, it it it's 
it's it baffles me. I've seen it coming for a couple of years. Um, and my prayer and hope is still that sport has to be a natural end because it's finally making people like face the reality, like the reality that this Penn swimmer just won NCAAs um, when before he was like ranked 260 or something as a man. Like there well, is you're a-, a hater, Samantha Kelly, but you, you just said something that's so true. But then all of a sudden the other side and their vitriol starts calling someone like you. You hate Leah Thompson. I don't hate Leah Thompson. Leah Tom, and I'll say Leah, I'm not going to call him a her, but that's the name he wants to go by. I'll call him Leah, okay? But to say, dude, you're a mediocre swimmer at best. I mean, like, I, I'm Joe and I would get Nork on the guy and say, you're a mediocre swimmer. Now you're getting all these titles, but the only problem is, biologically, you're in the wrong group, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you think. And the fact is, is that this is an issue. It is a disorder. Okay, there's not a stigma to it, but it is a disorder. It needs to be treated, not encouraged. And that's the problem. And yes, J.K. Rowling and Martina Navratilova happen to agree with us on this, okay? Because we're talking about reality. And and that's what I think is being denied here is reality. Quick comment from you, Samantha, and I'm going to hand it over to Joe. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of Leah, you know, I, I've had to work through a lot of rage. And, and I have, I have, I hope I get to meet him. I really do. I would love to sit down with him and, and talk to him. Um, but at the same time, in his regard, there there is some, there is some narcissism. There has to be because you have other transgenders um, who are, you know, Kylie Jenner. It comes out and it says this is ridiculous. So you even have them saying it. Mm. Um but I mean, I do want to be sensitive as well. I mean, there's a 5,000% increase in this diagnosis right now, 5,000%. And you're actually seeing it a lot with young women, um, middle school age girls who are on the fringe. Um, they might have some sort of learning disorder um, or are on the spectrum and they're having trouble making friends and they're being preyed upon. Like I've learned a lot about how they are being manipulated and preyed upon and they look at themselves and say, okay, I don't have friends. Something must be wrong with me. I maybe I was supposed to meant, I was meant to be a boy, a guy, and that's being praised. And it's so it's, it's abusive to them when it is. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think the more that we can just speak truth uh, to provide them with the alternative, to tell them that's not who they are, that's not the intent and get them the help they need rather than just feeding them pronouns and, and praise for it. Um, the, the, yeah, the better off we're going to be. Samantha Kelly, I'm going to hand it over to Joe, but one thing I'm glad you mentioned, okay, because I, I mentioned that these people, yes, in a very loving and compassionate way, I, I would want to help any one of them, any one of them, okay, but the evil the evil ones here are the ones that are preying on them, these so-called doctors that would quickly mutilate them. There's stories out there now of regret. Uh, you know, Joe and I on the show talk about Walt Heyer all the time and others out there. This poor girl in Canada uh, had a double mastectomy when she was 17 at 23. She's saying, why didn't they tell me there was something wrong with me? In other words, they, why didn't they try to treat me rather than mutilate me? You're starting to hear about that now. But, but my anger is towards those people that you just described, those who would prey on these vulnerable people. OK, those people really need to be held to account. I don't want to go off on a diatribe. I want to get to a few more questions. Joe Resinello. I'm actually reading Unraveling Gender. Uh, The author was on our show uh, now. And basically what you just described breaks my heart. I have two daughters. That is so sad. And 
you know, everyone throws the word science around. Science says there's two genders. And Rachel Maddow doesn't determine science. Paul McHugh determines science in Johns Hopkins. Yet Paul McHugh is shouted down by Rachel Maddow and Jake Tapper. We have gone crazy as a society. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not playing along. Like I am a Catholic and I will respect you and I will love you. And I will not discriminate against you. But I'm simply not going to play along. I'm sorry. And what you just described as a father of two daughters is heart wrenching. It is heart wrenching that an adult will sit behind a desk in a public school who's educated and tell a seven year old that you're you were born in the wrong body. Are you crazy? 20 years ago, Joe Rosinello, they would be arrested for that. This is I can't. And that's why my kids don't go to public school. And this is what Amen, and, and for anyone who hears my voice, that is one. You're what about my daughter's rights? My daughter has to shower with the boy. Well, Joe, Why? I was going to actually I was going to actually ask. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Samantha, to comment on that. How come nobody's concerned with your rights? How come nobody's concerned with your right to privacy? Let's say in a shower or in a locker room. OK, because if I was your father, OK. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get really freaking angry. Okay, if a self-identified male, a uh, uh, female, who's actually a male, goes into that locker room. Um, to talk about that because I think that's where Joe was going, or at least I hope it was. Um, talk about the violation of your rights and how come nobody cares? Not Rachel Maddow, Jake, Jake Tapper, or the ACLU. It, it baffles me too because it is a violation. I mean, that was one of the biggest issues with these Penn swimmers is they felt uncomfortable that there was a male who still had all his parts and was still attracted to women undressing in their locker room, right? But the 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 minority, right? The the small 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 minority, like this ruling was made to protect him. But what about the majority, right? What about the majority of the other teammates, you know, like they're the ones that are being persecuted. And, you know, I know there's parents that have filed lawsuits and, you know, I, I hear of other stories of, of dads like beating up guys who try to go after their daughters. And I, do I blame them? No, like, you know, we got to kind of try to, we have to stand for truth, but um, yeah, you know, I think in light of the, even the Leah Thomas thing, there was a, a swimmer and her name is escaping me, but from University of Kentucky. And she was the one that lost to her in the NCAAs to him, excuse me. This girl lost to, to Leah in the NCAA tournament uh, and it, meet. And when Leah was um, uh, nominated, UPenn nominated Leah Thomas as women of the year, which, <sighs> Yeah, lots of thoughts on that. She yeah. she spoke out and she actually like a lot. I mean, granted, I follow more conservative media outlets, but a lot of outlets picked her up and she was kind of the poster child of somebody speaking finally against this. Um, and, and I think, it, you know, it, it was hopeful because she was heard and she it took a lot of courage. I mean, she was on stage with, you know, um, former President Trump. She was on a lot of radio. So so. You know, I think the other side is starting to get some light because people are seeing the ludicrousy of it. But but you're right. Our rights are are being violated. And she that's what she said. She's like, what about my rights? Where um, 
we're, and if, for those of you who are just joining us, we are joined by Samantha Kelly um, here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Rosanello on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're discussing Samantha's group, Fierce Athlete, Promoting True Femininity in Sport. Along those lines, in the last few minutes that we have left, um, what is your view, Samantha Kelly, of the trend? Now, you said something, you mentioned this woman, she, um, she lost to Leah Thompson. She spoke up. Some of even the liberal outlets um, are shedding light on it. Do you think this is just a blip on the screen or are they going to really double down and triple down um, and, and not let this go and continue to push this, this gender ideology um, at the expense of women? I, I have to remain hopeful. You know, I, I do. And um, I'm, I'm hoping it's a blip. I mean, it might be a blip that turn, you know, people say, well, then just give them their own category, right, in the Olympics, which I think is also ridiculous, because they were just like punting the problem, right? We're not kind of addressing it. The good news I see is that while America is so messed up, and there are some other countries struggling with this, international sports governing boards are beginning to speak up and actually create rules. So the International Swimming Organization basically said that if you've transitioned after the age of 12, um, you can't compete in the other gender. Now, does that fix the problem? No, because it's still child abuse if we're encouraging, you know, children to transition that early. Um, but because of those hormone inhibitors, are they ever going to reach the Olympic level anyway? No. They right. aren't. They aren't. Um, and, and the hope is that that is beginning to trickle. Um, there's, you know, there was another organization, I think in Ireland, they're not allowing men to play women in their rugby league. The NCAA hasn't adapted all of those, any of those things yet. I mean, I know they've been kind of punting it and, and I think the NCAA is corrupt, but the hope is that some of these organizations, instead of America affecting the rest of the world, I'm hoping that some of these international governing boards who seem to have their senses about them a little bit better um, are putting their foot down and saying, no, you can't, you can't compete in the Olympics. And that my, my hope is that trickles down. Um, and there's also the Save Women's Sports Act in Congress. A lot of people on the state level are working very, very, very hard on this issue. Um, so, so the hope is that we're heading in the right direction. I have to, I have to hold on to that. Well, I, I mean, I just think that common sense, because that really what we're talking about here is not just the Catholic faith or Catholic dogma or teachings. This is common sense, man. And and common sense, it just to use a cliche, ain't so common right now. Um, and 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 that's and that's a problem. And and if somebody does make a commonsensical statement, well, they could lose their job. You know, Joe and I are working guys. We unfortunately, <laughs> but we're working guys. We could get canceled in a second. But if you're not willing to open your mouth, man, then then this is just going to continue. Um, and I, it's good. It's good. With, like, obviously, it's great what you're doing in your organization, particularly because you're trying to help women. Um, but just to shed the light and to, to everybody out there, say, stop being scared to speak the truth. We all know what the truth is and all this. Let's stop being scared. Let's start fighting back, whether it's against the NCAA or whether it's against state governments or whether it's against the ACLU. You know, we, we, we have to fight and we we applaud you for that, Samantha, because you're in the fight. You're in the breach. We have a few minutes left. Joe Racinello, we probably have time for one more question. Let's talk clinics and retreats that you're offering to to uh, women out there, because I, I think there's a lot of need for what you're doing. And how could people uh, hook into those? Tell us a little bit about them and and how could people basically sign up? 
Sure. Yeah. So, you know, all of our offerings are on our website, fierceathlete.org. But some of the things that we do offer is, you know, I travel the country um, speaking at different schools um, and leading either a retreat. So student athlete retreat or general retreat, um, but then also leading it's, it's basically a strength and conditioning clinic and TOB retreat combined. So we're, we're physically doing workouts. We're talking about how to apply faith and mental toughness, which is really spiritual warfare into our athletic competition. Um, but then we're also having talks on the side in small groups, um, concerning things like identity and our bodies and things like that. So, um, we're looking in the next year to host a couple independent clinics. So ones where anybody can come, those will be regional, um, but then we're also, we also work with schools. So I'll be up at St. Anthony's in Long Island, your guys way in October. Um, and I'm working with different high schools and colleges all over the country. So if anybody's interested, all our information and inquiries are on our website, fierceathlete.org. And I'd love to, our team would love to help, you know, in any way that we can. How, uh, has the organization, how long ago was the organization founded? Uh, five years ago, five years ago. And have you seen receptivity? Um, I mean, as far as, as far as people participating, joining up, like how have the numbers, how are the numbers basically, how's the organization going in terms of numbers? Oh, it's, it's awesome. I mean, we are growing. I mean, I, I work with a, a couple of Catholic universities at this point regularly. I'm there a couple times a year. Um, and I mean, it's, it's getting pretty full, which is, a, which is a great thing. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I'm also mentoring. So if there's any women out there or interested in mentorship, I'm also mentoring, athletes from the high school level all the way up to the professional level on a regular basis. Samantha Kelly, you're out there preaching the truth. And the bottom line is this, okay? The truth, Joe Racinello says on the show all the time at the front line, truth is a lion. Said it, let it, let it loose. It'll defend itself, okay? Um, any final thoughts, comments for any young women who might be listening out there, Samantha, uh, from you and, and your organization? Any final thoughts? Yeah, I would just, I would tell you that you're, you're more than your performance, your PR, your parents' opinion, your coach's opinion, like, like you're a daughter of God. And what that means is you could go on to become the next Wimbledon champion or Olympic gold medalist, or you could literally sit in the chair you're sitting in for the rest of your life and God would still love you the same. So his love for us is not based off what we do. However, the athletic gift that we've been given and as women is incredible. It's awesome. Because you know that you've been given that as a gift, shine, go for it, be, you know, work as hard as you can, be who you're meant to be. But all of that is rooted in the freedom, knowing that you are just loved no matter what. Well, that's a great place to end the conversation. Samantha Kelly, thank you so much for joining us here. We hope to have you back. You know, you let us know what's going on, any developments, anything like that. We'd, we'd love to have another conversation. We thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's been fun, guys. And I would love to come back anytime. All right. We're going to take you up on that. And thank you all out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Please, as always, we are going to ask you, download the Veritas Catholic Radio Radio Network mobile app. You'll have access to all of our station's content, not just the front line with Joe and Joe. You have Restless, you have Bishop Caggiano on his show, Let's Be Frank, and all EWTN programming. And if you like what Joe and I do, a couple of Jamo from North Jersey. Um, we're on social media. You can find us primarily at the Frontline TV, the Frontline TV on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share, and do all that fun stuff. And remember, until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.